Hi, everyone. Welcome to another Beautifully Broken podcast. My name is Lori, and I will be your host today. So I hope you all are doing well this February afternoon or morning, wherever you are in the world. Uh, Thanks for joining me today. Last week, I mentioned that this week I would be talking about single parenting children who are prodigals, children that have decided they don't want to live the faith that you've raised them in. Oh, this one's going to be a tough one for me today because I have some children who are walking with the Lord. They love the Lord. They're serving the Lord. And I have some children who have decided um, that's not what they want to do. Uh, and some that are even, you know, just really rejecting God, the the thought of God. Um, and if maybe if there is possibly a God, he's not a personal God. So yeah, I kind of am in this area right now and I'm saying some, I'm trying. So I love all four of my children. They're amazing, amazing people. And if you met them, you would love them. Because they're just they're just amazing. They're precious to me, and I love each one of them. I love spending time with them. But I will say I have had an amazing amount of heartache because of their choices. And I know that they're not doing this on purpose. Clearly, they're not out to get me. <laughs> but I have such a strong faith in the Lord. I believe there is a God. I believe that he created this world that we are living in. And not only is there a creator, which I could go on and on about creation. I mean, look at the eyeball even. It's just fascinating. There's just no way for me to think that this is all an accident that just happened. Um, There is a creator because there is creation. But I believe that he's more than just a creator, that he's more than just a God, that he's a personal God, that he knows each one of us, that he formed us in our mother's wombs, and then he has a very specific plan and purpose for each one of our lives. And I don't think that he's a vindictive God. I don't think that he gets a kick out of bad things that happen to good people or good things that happen to bad people. I think he is a God who one of his main priorities is freedom. He loves freedom. Not only does he want to free you from sin and free you from hell, he also is so much about freedom and the freedom of choice that he allows you to make the decision whether or not you want to walk with him or whether you want to go your own way. He's not a God who is a slave master. He's not a a God who is going to bend you to his will. He's a gentleman. And while I love that for my own life, (laughs) I would be lying if I didn't say sometimes I would like God to be a little bit more on the harsh side and take my children who have purposefully decided not to believe in what I believe they know is true. 
Um, and I would like the, him to take them by the neck, the scruff of the neck, and just shake them a little bit and say, wake up. Yes, I am real. I am here and I am for you and I love you. But that's just me. And I'm certainly glad that, that, that God does not do that to me because he often could. But um, before I for, forget to mention this, I just want to say that I do have prodigals of my own at this point. And so I just want to be careful in what I say. And in no way do I want to disrespect them and their choices or uh, shame them in any way. I mean, I know that their choices they are making are sinful and therefore shame always comes with sin. But in no way am I trying to shame them. I hope you guys understand what I'm saying. This is their life. This is their process with God. And I want to honor them and honor that. And, uh, you know, to my kids, if you're listening to this, please know that I love you. I have unconditional love for you. And I'm always praying. But in this whole parenting prodigals thing, God has shown me some just truly amazing promises and principles that he, I really feel like has asked me to live by. I think that what has been really frustrating to me is that, I don't know if I can call it God's sense of humor, but the fact that I am single parenting them. And yes, at this point, all of my children are adults. Uh, My youngest just turned 18. And I I was the child growing up that always walked with the Lord. I never had an issue of not believing that God was real, that everything in scripture was breathed by him, that the it is the ultimate source of truth. Now, does that mean I was perfect? No, I'm still not perfect. Uh, I sin all the time and um, I, I don't love that for me, but as long as we walk this earth, we're going to fail. However, my husband was the prodigal son and he was a fantastic sinner. And I mean that in the best way. He, he had stories and I wish I could tell them all. I don't know what would be. And it's funny, isn't it? Now that he's not even here on this earth anymore, there's part of me that wants to protect him. But, you know, he shared openly from the stage about his sinful ways. Greg would have been the perfect person to be here on this earth with our children as they are developing and adulting and going into their own lives. But he's not here. Isn't that hilarious? And also terrifying because God has left the raising of the children to me. In their younger years, I did have a child who dabbled in drugs and things like that. And, you know, Greg would have been able, much easier than me, to understand what was actually going on in my own home. And I had no clue. And so 
This child probably got away with way more things than I knew what was going on. My husband could smell BS from a mile away. And I'm very, I can be very trusting. So, but I will say, even in that situation, when it was time for me to know, there happened to be a group of kids in my pool, because it was during the summer, and they all found out about what was going on, and they prayed that I would find out. And I'm not joking when I say this. It was literally not five minutes after they prayed that I discovered what my child was doing. Like, and when I became a widow and a single parent, I told God, okay, you, you think I can do this on my own. I think you're crazy, but I need you to step in as their father because I can't do this. What am I doing? I could barely do it when there was two of us. And now I have these four children, each at such different stages of life. My oldest had just turned 18 and was uh, in college at the time and starting his life. And my youngest was in fourth grade. I, I just, I, wow, what a gamut. And I, anyways, God is so good and always took care of me. And in seriously supernatural ways showed me. And that is what I constantly, can I tell you something? The key to my survival was found in reading scripture. But more than that, I would say it was in my prayer time. It was when I sought the Lord because I don't know what I'm doing. And I need somebody who can see everything because I sometimes see nothing. And maybe that's like a defense mechanism on my part to not want to see. Do I bury my head in the sand? Maybe. So I needed somebody who could see everything, who would then let me know what was going on. And I can't tell you how many times I would find something, somebody would tell me something, supernaturally, I feel like God revealed to me what I needed to know at the right time so that I could best help my children. And now that my children are adults, some of them are still making decisions that are not in accordance to God's word. And can I tell you, if you are listening to this podcast today and you have a child who's walked away from the Lord, I see you. And I hear you and I am crying with you because yes, all those things I have felt, I think, especially when you're a single parent, that is the time where the loneliness hits the worst, I think, is trying to parent children the best you can. And there's no one who is in the game with you as much as your spouse would be. You're, it, it's a very lonely feeling, but God, he's so good. And the comfort and the wisdom that he has poured out to me has, has just been wonderful. And how many parents out there who have a child who's walked away from the faith, what, what do we do immediately? We blame ourselves, right? What did I do wrong? Where did I go wrong? And for me, I know, we were in ministry. We were, the things that my prodigals are doing, we stood on stage and shared scripture about why these are not in accordance with God's laws, with, with the way God wants us to live. 
And it's not because God wants to punish us. He wants to protect us. And we know that with sin, there's always a wake in its that it leaves, right? Of destruction and shame and guilt and all the other things that come along with sin. Uh, so there was a temptation for me to feel ashamed, to feel like somehow I was inauthentic, that here I was believing these things and teaching these things, and yet my children now are doing these things. And it was just really difficult. So if you are in ministry and you are having children that are walked away, I I totally get it. it. You just feel like, how can God use me after this? Because clearly I I must have done something wrong. I didn't do something right. And for me, especially, you know, we we were out of the home, Greg and I, for about four and a half years, or not truly engaged with our children because we were fighting for his life. But at the end of the day, when I am just racing over these thoughts and God, I should have and I could have and I would have and but I couldn't and God his peace comes and he says, you know what, Lori, I know, (laughs) I know, I saw this, I knew it was coming. I didn't do this on purpose to hurt you, but I did allow it to happen. I knew it was going to happen. You live in a world full of sin. When you get to heaven, it's going to be so much better. But right now, I see you, I know right where you're at, and I've got you. One of the things that I did early on was I went to see my friend who was a counselor, and I was crying (laughs) to her about um, some of my children, and she said to me, wow, God must really trust you. And to my friend that is my counselor, you know who you are, I can't thank you enough. Those words flipped my whole perspective on my life. I thought, God is judging me. I must have done something wrong. But for her to say to me, wow, God must really trust you with this situation that he's allowed your children to walk in. He must really trust you. He put you as their mother. And the thought of that was just incredible. And then I thought, well, if God's going to trust me with this, then I'm going to be trustworthy. And so I got down on my knees and I seriously began to pray. I always think of Susanna Wesley, the mother of John Charles Wesley, who had so many children, but she would take time during the day um, and she would throw her apron over her head and her children knew she was praying and they shouldn't, you know, interrupt her, but her children went on to do such amazing things for the Lord. And I thought, I am going to be a prayer warrior for my children. And can I tell you, uh, one of my children went into counseling and when they were in counseling, their counselor told them that they couldn't pray away this certain sin in their life. And at the time, when they told me this, I was like, I understand where this counselor is coming from. Like that you can't like magically make desires of your heart disappear. But I completely disagree with that. 
There is nothing more powerful than a parent's prayer for their child. The last time I checked, the God that we serve and pray and cry out to is the God who the great leader Moses served. And with just his prayers and belief in God, he was able to use words to call the plagues, the 10 plagues, and free the Israelites from the Egyptians. That is the same God that we serve today. And when you begin to wonder, can God actually do this miracle? Remember those 10 plagues that only God can do. He can do that for you and your child still today. And I believe God when he says that he will do things for us. There are promises in scriptures to us parents and just clinging to those. So here I want to give you some of the things that I have learned. One of the things that I learned right away is that the Lord said to me, I don't want you to shame them and preach at them. What I want you to do is love them. You remember that, what would Jesus do? Bracelet that we all wore. It wasn't too many years ago that I heard the response of that. You know, what would Jesus do? The response is he would love first. And I overwhelmingly felt the Lord tell me, I just want you to reflect the father's love to your prodigal. When you think about the prodigal son and that passage of scripture and how he ran, right? He took the inheritance and he went far away. The father was didn't chase after him, but he was always waiting. He was always watching. And when the son showed back up, what did the father do? He had nothing but love for his child. He welcomed him back in. I think the mistake that so many Christian parents make is they feel the need to either side with God or side with their child. And so if they side with God, they can't accept the child. And there is like a cutoff, don't talk to me, or I'm, every time you do talk to me, I'm going to berate you and tell you what you're doing wrong and why it's sinful, or just don't even contact me at all. And then there's the other side of parents where they say, no, you know what? I totally accept you. And what I, what you're doing that I used to think was sin, I'm going to say is not sin anymore. And I'm just going to gloss over what scripture says about that sin and totally accept you and how you're living. And we're just going to be okay. And I'm just going to, you know, make the Bible say what I want it to say. And I think both of those stances are incorrect. If you cut them off, how are you going to have the ability to reach them and to speak into their lives? You never know when God's going to give you an opportunity. And secondly, if you totally accept and disagree with scripture, first of all, you're in disobedience. But secondly, how are they ever going to know that what they're doing is wrong? And we all know that sin leads to places we don't want to go, a darkness, and we want our kids to be in light. So when I heard God say what I thought he said to me is just love them, it was like I was freed from anything that I felt labored to do. I could love my children. That's easy. 
I just want to reflect the Father's love to them. And it gives me such peace knowing that I can do exactly that. A pastor of mine just preached this last Sunday, and he said, sometimes we get frustrated with God over what He never promised us. And that one hit home because I'm like, God, okay, today's not over. Today's the day. You know, why isn't it happening? Why can't I see it happen? Because He never promised me that it was going to be an easy road. He only promised that I would never walk it alone. Let me give you some verses that you can claim as promises. Now, some of these were promises just to the children of Israel, and yet I really do believe that God can promise them to us as well. Jeremiah 31, 16 and 17, refrain your voices from weeping and your eyes from tears for your work, in in our case of raising our children, shall be rewarded, says the Lord. And they, your children, shall come back from the land of the enemy. There is hope in your future, says the Lord, that your children shall come back to their own borders. Isaiah 49, 25, I am the one who is on your side, defending your cause, rescuing your children. Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Psalms 91, for he, sorry, Psalms 91, 11 through 12, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands, they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. Isaiah 54, 13, all your children shall be taught by the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children. Deuteronomy 31, 6, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. And parents of children who know the Lord, how much peace does this give you? Luke 15, 11 through 32 is the parable of the prodigal son. Go and read that. Okay, on to some resources that I have found. And I've looked at a lot, but Prayers for Prodigals by James Banks has been awesome. Um, and I'm, I'm going to pray at the end of this, one of his prayers. It It's an excellent book. The book Prodigals and Those Who Love Them by Ruth Bell Graham has story after story of children who were prodigals and their parents who prayed for them and how the Lord restored them and gave them a brilliant ministry from their running from him and how he used it to his glory. My friends, Ed and Lisa Young just wrote a book called The Path Through Pain, where they talk about their daughter, Lee Beth's struggle with alcoholism, and she actually lost her life over it. But this book of theirs has so many great and encouraging. If you are struggling and need encouragement, I tell you, go get this book, A Path Through Pain. It is. It will give you encouragement. It will bring you peace and hope that God is not through. God is not done. And even if the worst were to happen, which we all pray to the Lord that it doesn't, God will sustain you. He wants to fill you with his joy, with his love, with his peace. 
Friend, if you are out there today and you are struggling because you have a child who has left the faith, you're not alone. And I would love to pray for you. So hit me up on my social medias, especially uh, Instagram. Let me know that uh, you need prayer and I would be privileged to pray with you. And let me pray one of these prayers by James Banks. He starts with Mark 9, 19. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long will I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. And then he says, here he is, Lord. This is my son, and he needs you desperately. I bring him to you and all that he is and all that is going on in his life. His life is beyond my power to repair or set right. I ask you to touch him and help him, Lord. Years ago, when you told the disciples, bring the boy to me, you began the greatest blessing of the child's life. Darkness had to flee. It could not stand in your presence. So I bring my son into the light of your presence again today. And that's from Psalms ninety-eight, fifteen. The The prayer goes on, but I encourage you to pick up the book. Let me pray for you all right now. Lord, we are just a group of parents who love our children. And God, you know, you see, you're a personal God. You love them more than we could ever love them. You see what they're walking through. You see the decisions that they're making. And so God, we pray that you supernaturally would bring them back to you, God. Lord, it feels impossible. It feels like this will never happen. They're too far gone, Lord. Nothing can reach them, but God, I know you to be God of the impossible. And I believe that you have a plan for each and every child that we are praying for here today. God, I pray that you would use their past to bring people to you. Lord, may they set this world on fire with you and your love. God, give us your love for our children. It is so hard sometimes because we just want to shake them to wake them. But you've told us that your love is perfect. Give us your supernatural power, Lord, to just do the very best we can to love these children back to you. So we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining me today. I hope these resources and thoughts for me really help you. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. And I will see you next Wednesday. Bye-bye.